0: attention students the Jabroni university network is now in session please make your way to class and he's got it- After the song.
1: Hey, what's up, everybody? This is G from Jabroni Sports Talk, the newest show on Jabroni U Podcast Network. Go to jabroniu.com to find all the greatest shows on the network. On today's debut episode, we have a very awesome guest, James Price, JP, former wide receiver, Wyoming football, and current he- uh, wide receiver coach Sorry, at IMG Academy here at Bradenton, Florida. Yes sir. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. No, thank you for coming. I appreciate it. Uh JP, if you want, let's just jump right into it. Tell us how you uh tell your your come up.
0: All right. Um I'm originally from Camus, Washington, um, which is a small town uh just north of Portland, Oregon. Um, so it's about three hours south of Seattle. Um so, grew up kind of on the West Coast, born in California, um, and I played a lot of sports my whole life. You know, that's kind of how I ended up playing football, and that was when I kind of narrowed it down to just basketball and football. And I wanted to focus on football because I felt like I had more opportunities to, you know, go to the next level and hopefully go on, you know, God willing, to change the generations for years to come because you know, I wanted to play in the NFL and all that. So I was like, sure, let's just stick to football. Um, so got all the accolades and all that, but was, uh, in my opinion, under-recruited. But um, I was very blessed to have, you know, opportunities and offers to go play in college level. And that was how I got to University of Wyoming. And it's kind of one of those things where I didn't, I couldn't point Wyoming out on a map. But when I uh, went out on my visit, I just felt this network and this brotherhood that was like, I got to come here. I got to, you know, I got to see what this is all about. And I could see they were building something special after having, you know, a history of losing a lot and we were going to be the group to change that. So that was my freshman year class that had came in that year. And Josh was a JUCO transfer that came in in the spring. And that was kind of how I met Josh Allen. And that was our first fall or summer, I guess, technically in Laramie, Wyoming together. And so, that's that's what led me to uh, University of Wyoming and just college football in general. And I was kind of tossed into the fire at an early age. You know, 2015, I believe, was um, we went two and ten, okay. <laughs> and and you know, Josh wasn't even a thought of playing at this time. And we had so many young guys and almost a whole, whole freshman receiving core starting. After you know, two older guys had gotten injured, and it was it was a tough season. But like we kind of molded through it and worked our way to, you know, a really successful future, and so, you know, put ourselves in a position to have some changes. You know, made some coaching staff changes, made some personnel adjustments. Everyone kind of got bigger, stronger, faster, and all that. And you know, we kind of turned it around. And at the end of that two and ten season was when Josh had made his debut after some injuries, and. I don't even know what the stats were. He was like four for six or something and was like just running all over the place, scrambling and making plays and keeping drives alive. But everyone could kind of see like, oh, that was special, but not enough. Right. Um, and we we lost like an FCS team. Oof. So, um, yeah, and defense struggled that year. But there was a lot that just happened that season. And so we kind of grew from that. And we went on to have a lot of success, you know, in the 2016 and 2017 uh, with Josh kind of being the the heir to the throne, you know, he, once he got his chance and opportunity to blossom after an injury um, with a broken collarbone, he came back bigger and stronger and he kind of had like a new gear in his arm. And that, that was... That's where
1: the cannon... That's where the
0: cannon was born. Okay. Because we, we all know Josh can probably throw it out of a stadium. Right. So a lot of people would, you know, consider it kind of supernatural because... I don't know what happened, but you've heard the stories of like old
1: baseball pitchers. Like I've I've seen rookie of the year, the, it, the kid broke his yeah. arm, mm-hmm. and then next thing you know, exactly he's throwing for the Cubs and exactly. leading them to the World old Series. Cubs go, by the way.
0: But yeah, no, absolutely, <laughs> because he just had a new gear and that spring when he got back healthy. We were like, he's throwing harder than when we first saw him, and we already threw. You no, know, he threw hard back then. So that was when his story kind of started to blossom. And you know we were we were good friends. I lived in the apartment right above them. and you know we had a big group of you know five, six, seven, eight of us that were were all close. And um, that was when you know Josh Allen started to become Josh Allen and not just Josh. Right. Right. So, um, but yeah, no, we had a lot of good times in, in Laramie, Wyoming, and
1: so know, there are good times to have there, in <laughs> Wyoming, is what you're telling me. There are there are good times to have and. And, and you don't have to be Josh Allen or on the Wyoming football team. No, no, no. Good to know. Absolutely not. Okay. And I could use that as an That's indication. the big thing is the
0: the fan support in Wyoming is unbelievable. You know, and I attribute that a lot to the football program and our parents and our support staff because they do a great job of, you know, controlling the narrative and the media, and it's always very positive. But the fan support and the fan base is always supportive, and they're also quick to call out when something needs to change. So, but that's college football. Yeah. You know, that's... that's it's all across the board. It's all across the board. So.
1: so, everything goes at Wyoming. You all start to blossom, start to click, mm-hmm. go to a couple bowl games, start to turn the uh, the program around what you wanted to do. Speaking of bowl games,
0: really quick. The famous Idaho Potato Bowl okay. was when Josh's stardom, I felt like, really started. And that's when you saw and you're like... That was when I started because, you know, we had already seen him on the draft boards and Mel Kiper and, you know... Jordan Palmer was coming around more often, and you know all the bigger names were starting to gravitate towards Josh, and he's had a competitive quarterback class. You know, what was it? Baker, Lamar, yeah. Patrick, back, yep. So, Mitch,
1: Mitch Trubisky. No, no, wait, no, I'm thinking of, that was the no, year Pat, before that. Pat was with Mitch's class, yeah.
0: But yeah, anyways, he's got he's got a lot of competition, and so I thought like, oh, he could really be a first round pick, and he was bouncing back off of injury. Again, he had a sprained AC joint, I think, and everyone was like, oh, he won't play in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl in Boise against Central Michigan when the draft, you know, he's got to prepare for the draft, and he's coming off a shoulder injury to his throwing arm. And I'm just like, okay. I keep telling people, like, you don't know Josh, but all right. Because I I know Josh, and he's a tough kid from Fireball, California. He's going to do anything to play in that game. Because we, you know, promised to each other in 2015 that we were going to go on, win championships, and do something great. And, you know, we fell short in the Mountain West Championship, but that was the first time we had won the division. And, you know, we ended up going on to the Potato Bowl and and winning that in a dominant fashion. The defense forced, I think, seven, eight turnovers. So, and... There's a lot of great stories that go with that that bull trip though, and so that was when I really saw Josh stardom start to
1: blossom though. What was it like playing on that blue turf? Is it as cool as everybody thinks?
0: Absolutely horrible.
1: Horrible. Absolutely horrible. So it's just a, a the, thing.
0: A the stains on the way jerseys are terrible. So you have these blue stains on your wh- nice white jerseys, and you're like, man, what? This is frustrating. <laughs> B. Um. The the quality of the turf itself. Is like really rugged. I don't know. I'm am at a loss for words about how bad the turf is. But you can ask anybody that's ever played on the blue turf that didn't play at Boise State. They'll say that turf is awful. Really? The Quality of the actual turf and the surface. And there's been a lot of petitions to get uh, make them have to replace it or you know, refurbish it or whatever. But I mean, I'm not actually a fan of the blue
1: turf. But it's I mean, got a lot of cool stories at it. I'm a Florida State fan, so I'm not a fan of the orange and blue. Yeah. Like <laughs> it just looks terrible. Right. I, I'm not the a whole color schemes. All yeah, way. it's trash. Um, I saw that you wore number 80. Is there anything behind 80 or is it just
0: not necessarily? I mean, I kind of embraced it because I just felt like it was a number of like greatness almost. And I wanted it to make it my number, you know, even though it was obviously belongs to Jerry Rice, the goat. Yeah. But I wanted it to make it, you know, something that I could be proud of and just be like, oh, I, I mean, in high school I wore nine. Uh, You know, when I was a freshman on, like, the JV team or whatever, I don't know, I wore, like, 83 or something weird. Um, But I got to college, and day one, you know, on my visit, they had me in number nine. But day one, I got to college, and it was James Price, number 80. I was like, hmm, that's not the number I thought I was getting or the one I
1: asked for, but cool. I like it. Maybe it was a sign there, like, right, Jerry Rice, number 80.
0: And, you know, that was kind of my motivation because I just remember coming in that summer and I was like the lowest ranked recruit out of all the other scholarship receivers. I think I came in with nine, eight, eight, nine, eight receivers in my recruiting class. Okay. And probably four or five of them were walk-ons. So out of the scholarship guys, I was the lowest ranked. And there's some of the walk-on guys that were local Wyoming products that they were like expecting, you know, to be better than me. And I was like, oh, wow. Or Colorado guys. So I had, I felt like I had a lot to prove. Okay. I had something to prove. So that was kind of, you know, the start to my career at Wyoming. And it, I had a good time, but it was there was a lot of ups and downs just as far as my frustrations with the offense and frustrations of just the growing pains of becoming a man in college. So, Now,
1: you said you lived out in Washington, mm-hmm. and then you went over to Wyoming for football. Mm-hmm. I'm born and raised here. Our producer, born and raised here. When is it too cold to play football? Because – Anything below sixty degrees is like our lungs start hurting. Uh, the ball's harder. <laughs> right. You're a wide receiver. Right. You're, you're catching bullets from Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Like when is it just like this isn't fun anymore? I I don't want to do this.
0: Um, you know, and that's that's really tough because I feel soft saying this because now that I'm coaching down here in Florida, I'm adjusted to the Florida weather, and anytime it drops below like fifty three and it's a little wet. I start to kind of get like shaky, (laughs) you know, I start like, Oh, I should have put on another layer. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but so yeah, I, I stopped, I stopped, um, thinking about the cold when I was in Laramie, Wyoming, speaking on, I stopped thinking about the cold when it hit like negative eight at the start of one of our practices and nobody said anything about it. Like it was just another day in Laramie came into the locker room. I put on a long sleeve, Probably put on another long sleeve or an Under Armour. Yeah. Um, Like a a tight fit one. Um, A hoodie. Put on a neck, you know, a neck cover. Probably put over like a face mask over that, you know. So I was rocking the face mask before COVID, but whatever. (laughs) Trendsetter. (laughs) Yep. And then I'd have like a little hoodie on. So I had the hood, you know, at the back of the jersey. Tights, sweats, jeans, like whatever I could do underneath. And cleats. Toe warmers, hand warmers, all that, and I'm like, we're just out here another day. Yeah, they're like, yeah, this is normal. We're it's gonna- it's another day. So that's when I realized, like, we can turn that into our mindset okay. because we start to see teams like San Diego State, Fresno State, you know, start to the guys from out Hawaii yeah. start to come from out west, or even Colorado would be miraculously 30 degrees warmer every day somehow. Jeez. so. They'd come to Laramie, Wyoming, and it was like, sheesh, we can't win here. (laughs) You know, we got to protect this home turf because no one, I mean, I've played in like negative 13 at kickoff. I played at four at kickoff. I played at 13 at kickoff. And like anything below 50 is uncomfortable. Yeah. So once it starts getting that low, it's like, we don't even think about it. We literally live here.
1: Because I've heard stories of the Mac. They don't have, they just now started getting the warmers on the side, the big old Yep. Did y'all have those at all, or those did came? just say, here's a big jacket?
0: Those came, I want to say, either in the 2016 or 2017 season. Um, and I don't even know when it happened. Like, one summer we were out there just training, running, grinding like we always do. And then, you know, it got to August, September time, and we're starting to play football. And I sit down on the bench, and it's like a heated, warmer, warm bench, and it's got the furnace blowing out, you know, hot air. And I'm just like, oh.
1: We upgraded. <laughs> you <laughs> we know, shout, up. you know,
0: shout out the Cowboy Joe Club or the Boosters or whatever. But we upgraded. <laughs> you know, and that's that's what we wanted is is to you know have more resources and to build up University of Wyoming so that we can continue to build the legacy of this program and you know really leave our mark there. So that you know, I, we tried. We we did our best. You know, speaking collectively of of all the guys that I played with, we always put forth our best effort through injuries through. You know different outcomes that just didn't go our way, and officiating. All you know, whoever you want to blame. But, right. Um. I, I had a really good
1: experience in University of Wyoming, as far as
0: you know, being a student athlete. Nice. Yeah.
1: Do you have a? Was there any pregame rituals that you do? Like, do you have to listen to a playlist? Do have to eat something?
0: I'm a big music guy, so I, I mean, I listen to a lot of different artists. But like my pre my pregame playlist, I usually say for more upbeat, you know, hip hop rap. Um, if I'm trying to just kind of focus, you know, I'll slow it down at the R&B and, and smoother stuff, or I might even go oldies. But I really just listen to music. I like to go out and play catch a little bit just to kind of get my hands warmed up because it's going to be a long night for them. You know, pretty much every night it's a home game. And then, you know, I go back in the locker room and listen to some music until the coaches come in and start, you know, getting everybody ready to go. Okay. Because I just like to be kind of off in my own thinking about what I'm going to do to, you know, impact the outcome of the game so I would just kind of be over on my own just focusing on that but I, I wasn't like a introvert or anything as far as like I didn't want to be bothered by other people but I would just be kind of off on my own
1: usually gotcha um going back what would you say would be your best game and worst game high school level college level coaching level mm. you, I mean does it is there a game that sticks out to you that you're just like
0: Playing-wise or coaching? One playing of each.
1: Wise. Yeah, one of each, one of each, yeah.
0: Playing-wise, um, that's a tough
1: question. Like is, you won a state championship um, in Washington, right? Or played I, in I it?
0: played in the state championship and okay. we unfortunately lost in a, an unbelievable fashion. It's oh. on YouTube. I don't want to bring it up. but <laughs> Okay, so we'll, <laughs> just, we'll <laughs> scratch that and just move but, um, on from there then. That was, that was an unbelievable game, and I still don't really know how we lost that. But anyways, uh, shout out that 2013 team. Um, I'd say my best game was probably in college against New Mexico at home. Um, I feel like I always kind of had New Mexico's number. Same with Colorado State, um, which is our biggest rival. I really don't like Colorado State, so I always had to try to get my best against Colorado State. Um, I mean, there was games in high school where I was going crazy, so, but those aren't as yeah. memorable because it was playing against high school kids in Washington, right. you know. And Some it's of those like,
1: kids are bad boys now at a grocery store. Exactly. You know, So
0: I don't know wh- where they're at as far as their athletic career. So I don't you know, I'm, – I'm not going to talk down on Washington football because that's still really competitive football. But collegiately I started realizing, like, oh, there's people that come from all over the world to compete. And we all want the same goal. We want to win, 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 win and build ourselves up so that we can, you know, go live out our dreams. Um, But, yeah, New Mexico and Carl State were two schools that I just really didn't like. They were always disrespectful. They are always kind of rivals in my eyes. Um, And so I always felt like I had good games against them.
1: But, yeah. No doubt. So after Wyoming, did you think about entering the draft? Did you start working out? Like, maybe I can go – in a late round or worst case, undrafted free agent or Canada AFL?
0: Yeah, so uh, 2018 was when I kind of started looking around the wide receiver room and I realized, like, oh, I'm one of the older guys. This is, you know, I'm on my way out. Um, I ended up graduating in 2019 season. Um, but I started to see that the guys before me, shout out, Tanner Gentry, who went on to play for the Bears and you know, was on some practice squads, and he's actually with the Bills right now. Um, and then you got Jake Mulhart was with the Saints, and then you got Jacob Hollister was our tight end that was with the Seahawks and different opportunities that he had. Um, and I started to realize, like, oh, I, I feel like, athletically, I can hang with all these guys. And and football IQ and just my knowledge of the game, how I maneuver, and you know that was when I kind of was teeter-tottering between do I want to try to go make this NFL thing happen or do I want to start coaching right now? Like right now, right now. So as I kind of weighed out the options, um, I felt like I wanted to try for the NFL and just because also even a couple years, you know, it's really hard to make it to that second contract, but even a couple years in the NFL can be life changing financially. So I was like, why not? You know, until God gives me a sign that it's not my time to go, why not try for the NFL? So, Ended up getting that sign. My best friend was in town visiting. He was a former uh, Division One quarterback and Division Two quarterback, um, and he was he was in town visiting. And we we're just doing routes on air. I'm still preparing for the for the combine, or not combine, but the pro day, and um, I'm running like a 10 yard speed out, and I end up breaking my foot. Jeez, and I, I think we're six weeks out from pro day, and I, I break my foot, and I'm just like, oh man. I think I rolled my ankle, and he's like, oh, okay, kind of take it easy. Just run like a fade, and we'll get out of here. So I run a full-speed, like, seam route, and my foot just basically ends up just, like, snapping with every step. And I'm like, bro, it's not feeling right. So that was kind of the end of my playing career. Like, that seam route was, and I caught it. That seam route was the last ball I ever caught, really, <laughs> you know, as far as, like, still trying to live out the dream. So I happened to be with, like, my childhood, like, best friend, in Laramie, Wyoming, you know, as he was visiting me. So um, it really came full circle, and I guess I got my sign that I was like, you know, maybe I'm not meant to be going to the NFL. And once I started to rehab it and get healed up, it just never was the same. I couldn't run the same. I couldn't plant on it like I used to, and I was recovering in Laramie, Wyoming, so it was cold every day. It was hard on my bones, and you know, so um, it was tough. But I moved on, yeah. You know, and I said, well, coaching was something I was interested in anyways, and you know, I kind of got reconnected with the staff down at IMG Academy, and my parents were living in Bradenton at the time, okay, um, or over in Lakewood Ranch, and so it was it was meant to be for me to start my coaching career, and that's been you know a really good smooth operation for me.
1: Okay, so you go from Wyoming, you come out here to IMG. Now, do you coach on the the national team or the varsity team? Okay, so the varsity team does local stuff around here, mm-hmm. or and then you have another team that plays over in New Jersey. They right, go out right. west. They travel. So we have
0: three teams. So our three national, yeah, our national team um, is comprised of mostly guys that have anywhere from I want to say five to twenty five Division one offers, usually Power Five offers, um, at every position, and they travel. They play a national schedule. And shouts out to them. They just won the national championship by two different media outlets, and um, the varsity program plays a 3A through 4A of uh, v- Florida football schedule, um, typically an independent schedule just because we're not a part of the FHSAA, but that's the team that I coach on. So I'm the wide receivers coach, tight ends coach, and special teams coordinator for that team. And um, we just played in the first state playoffs in IMG history and lost in the semis. To American collegiate, they, we had a lot of injuries. We played without 13 guys cause of COVID and it was, you know, it was whatever happens happens, but you know, I'm still proud of that team. And then we have our postgraduate team is our third team. And so that's for our students who want to have that college preparatory year, but don't want to be enrolled in college and, you know, they have their clock start. They can come to our post-grad team. Um, and that's been a really competitive program. This is their second year starting up this spring. Um, but I'm excited to see where that program takes off.
1: So wh- what's it like coaching these kids that come in, that have D1 offers, that, I mean, they're probably 16, 17 years old. Their heads are mm-hmm. can't fit into the weight room mm-hmm. because they're like, hey, I can, I'm going to be the next Devontae where I'm going to Alabama, I'm going here. Right. How do you bring those kids back down to earth? Well,
0: if you're, we, we say, like, if you're not coaching it, you're allowing it. Right. So we try to coach them up on so much stuff outside of just football, you know, just like be, being a young man, being accountable, being responsible, how you talk to women, how you talk to people of authority, you know, how you talk to, um, you know, people who maybe don't have as much as you. So we, we always have those talks of accountability and, you know, athletic personal development. And that's a daily thing, really. I mean, I feel like we're really building, you know, men of character. We talk about having five-star character at IMG. And I see it happen because the relationships are being built every single day. And you have the facilities, and you have the resources, and you have the coaching. So, you know, we have no excuse not to win every year. Right. Right? So, I'm just really blessed to be there. But that's how we hold them accountable for one another is we say, like, we all have the same goal. We want to win as much as we can and go play at the highest level that you can. And be the best version of yourself you can be. So, you know, the kids get that, and that's where our hashtag, the brotherhood, they get it. They get the brotherhood because it's really hard to leave home, come to IMG, and, you know, everybody has to be on the same page, have the same goal. So that's why I love IMG because there's there's no place like it in the entire world, really. And so that's what, why I, I gravitate to that.
1: What's it like recruiting there? Like, how do you – because to me – I've grown up here. I know what IMG is. I know what they offer. Mm -hmm. Is it easy to sell a kid on, hey, leaving your home here, coming here because you get this, or do you have other high schools that are equivalent to IMG that you're competing with?
0: Recruiting to IMG has a lot of different facets to it because you got to think we have some of our kids that are on the national team that are going to have more needs-based financial aid than others. And, you know, they're easy. You just go on, try to find the top players in the country, ask them if they want to be a part of the brotherhood, straight up, because they know what IMG is about. And if they want to come out on a tour, they can. They come out and they see what it's about. But um, those are the easy ones to recruit. We go find the top guys, ask them, and the, the top five that say, yeah, I'm coming for that position group, cool, take them. The varsity program and the postgraduate program has to be very specific about who we're recruiting. So – that takes more effort because, you know, there's a cost to everything. Um, but that takes more effort to recruit some of the kids for that program just because they're not always local talent. They don't always see what IMG is every day as they're going to their other local high school. So we have to kind of bring these kids from other places um, with a heavy cost to them and their family. and so. But we always try to find the right people and the right people of character that are going to fit in with our, with our, you know, our culture.
1: No doubt, I've made it down to a couple games to see IMG play. Um, what big coach from a program have you seen that come down? Because I got a chance. I met all of them. I met Jim Harbaugh. I took a picture mm-hmm. with him. I pretty sure we're friends. <laughs> I'm not a hundred percent sure, but he shook my hand. It was like it was nice meeting you. So I was like, yeah, we're friends. I think. <laughs> um, coach Saban, yep. or who does does Coach Saban himself come, or does he send people? Everybody. Everybody. I mean, we have like
0: and I don't know, I, we don't have like a photo department, but if we had a photo department that could compile all the social media photos that IMG football program has ever put out, you'd find every single Division One coach, most D2s and a lot of D3s coaches have been on our sidelines, been to a spring practice, been here for a workshop or a seminar, stayed at the hotel, been here to recruit for seven on something. So it's, it's really, as far as the network, and the brotherhood they talk about, it's eye-opening. It's eye-opening to a lot of grown adults. Like, we have we have the, the, uh, so many big names on staff and so many big names that'll just come on a visit to see what IMG's about, and they're always blown away.
1: Because they're like, wait a minute, this is a high school? It's a college, basically. Like, I've seen it, and I'm just like, "Yeah, these kids get to work out here? Like, man, they're lucky. They're so good. But Saban, the- Kiffin. Arba, Shaw, anybody. Chip Kelly, all of them. What was what was coach Saban like? Did, did you get a chance to be like, "Hey coach?" or Mm-mm. no? That that's probably like that's nope. that's the president. You can't just walk right up to him and be like, "Hey." Nope. He probably was business. Just we had the whole 49ers had practice on our varsity practice
0: field for a whole week before they played, you know, New Orleans or Orlando, one of the two. And so, yeah, no, it was I've seen them every day, not every day, I should say, but in the springtime without COVID, typically every day they'd be there shaking hands, you know, recruiting kids, right. trying to get the top talent to come to their program.
1: So everything's going good at IMG, you got the kids. Um, what is your take on wide receivers today, like in the league? Mm-hmm. Who would you say... Because everyone always wants to argue, you know. They're like, it's Julio, it's you know, it's this guy, it's Devontae Adams, it's DeAndre. I personally, I like DeAndre. Right. I I look at what he did in Houston right. with some kind of bumish quarterbacks before Deshaun got there, and he was putting up some ridiculous numbers. Right.
0: Uh, you want my top five? Give me your top I five. I think about this a lot. Um, my, at my number five spot, I got to put Allen Robinson. Okay. Um, I'm a Bears fan as well as a Bills fan, so I got my NFC and my AFC team. But I think Allen Robinson, for what he does, and I just saw the little graphic on the internet yesterday, I think it was that he had the most targets with only one drop. Oof. And had like a couple or 10, 12 more than Devontae Adams, who was number two. And so, Allen Robinson production-wise, and I, I, I like Mitch Trubisky,
1: but, I mean, it's Mitch, Mitch Trubisky. It's Mitch Trubisky. I mean, he was named the Nick most valuable player on Nickelodeon when they broadcast right. that game. So that's I mean right. yeah. well. Patrick so. Holmes doesn't have a Nick M V P. Yes. <laughs> Neither does Josh. Sorry, that's Josh. It. That's facts. That's facts. But um he's one of and the youngest. The only is. one. And production wise, I mean he's
0: he's not as bad as people think for his age. I was seeing an edit again that was his numbers are like comparable to Aaron Rodgers for what his he did at that age, so there's room for improvement. But at the same time, I, I would take Deshaun Watson over him,
1: probably. Yeah, you know. and we also <laughs> got to think, it's not Mitch's fault. Like, right. the Bears traded up, mm-hmm. you know, they picked him at number two. It wasn't like Mitch was like, I'm going number two, and that's it. And yeah. it just so happened to have Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson behind him. Right. So, he was dealt kind of a rough card. Yeah, a lot of people missed on Mahomes, too. Yeah. But, um number five Alan Robinson yeah
0: number five now Alan Robinson number four everybody's healthy I'll probably go and looking at production wise I'll probably slide Julio down to four okay here's why he could still change the outcome of a game any any game that he's in I don't care who's playing that quarterback
1: I look at him as a big body I mean he makes some yeah I mean but
0: and he's what 30. Whatever he is, he can still run. He can still blaze.
1: Yeah. So. I, yeah, I guess. I'm a He's got the though. hands.
0: He's a deep threat. He can run every route. He's a leader. He, I mean, he has good attitude. Everything. Take that all in consideration. And then, I think you're really going to be surprised by my top three. But I hope you agree. Okay. Number three is Diggs.
1: I like Diggs. I like Diggs in Minnesota. Yep. What he did out there. Diggs in
0: Minnesota to me was top seven, eight, nine.
1: And then now what he does? Like, now what
0: he's doing? Oh my goodness!
1: It's ridiculous. And
0: a lot of it's attributed to Josh because he knows hey, he's a killer. Exactly. Give it to him. <laughs> yep. Pass on the ball. Um, but I mean, you've seen Cole Beasley's production go way up, way, way, way up. Um, miss Smoke Brown a little bit this year, but he'll be back healthier uh, next season. And then you know Gabe Davis and a lot of those other receivers are stepping up for Buffalo. But so I mean attribute a lot of it to josh but i think Diggs is in that three slot just because he is absolutely routing people he's got run after catch he's a leader he's a positive member yeah and they play in buffalo
1: yeah not, i've you no know, i've been to the i've been to niagara falls yep. that's really all i've done mm-hmm. i hear the stories from former players mm-hmm. um other than that no i don't really unless it's summertime that's probably when i'll go but mm-hmm. other than that it sounds pretty cold
0: and but that's been Josh's whole story, Laramie, Wyoming to Buffalo, Buffalo like Fireball, California, forty five miles outside of Fresno. Where? So, <laughs> kid's a fighter. But anyways, my top two, and I don't know what order these are in right now.
1: They can flip flop. They can flip flop.
0: But I've got Devontae Adams at two and DeAndre Hopkins at one.
1: Okay. Only reason why I'm going to like have a little bit of issue because I don't see like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Yeah, Mike and Evans is actually like, in my six spot, but that, like, and uh, that's <laughs> fine. Yeah, it's understandable. They they can continue to get disrespected.
0: No, he's in my six spot. I had to slide Allen Robinson up there.
1: Okay. I mean, we could take Julio out and put Mike in. That's mm-hmm. fine. That'd, Bucks fans would appreciate it. Yeah, I would. Bucks fans would. Yeah. So I noticed you didn't mention Juju wanted to ask you about Juju. What is like what's your take? Like is the dancing a distraction do you think? Do you think um when they were winning, hey, it's all good or did it start getting disrespectful when he went out onto the logos and just yeah,
0: you know? that was when it kind of got too far for me. Like I remember watching Juju in uh in college and I was like, "Oh, this dude's a monster. He's kind of a playmaker. He's a bully out there." Like that was kind of my mentality was like, "I want to be a bully, but I want to be out here having fun." Right? And just playing football. Um, and then once he got to the league, you know, when he started. I'm not going to say the fame got to him or the money, but he just, like, started getting a little distracted, in my opinion, as far as, like, the gaming and the you know, ads and the other things that he was getting, endorsements and stuff, and the TikToks. And that was when I was like, all right, man.
1: Starting to lose sight of what Starting to lose for? sight of
0: it. And I couldn't say anything about it because they were, what, 8-0?
1: Yeah, they were eight zero, but I mean, and so I was also... like, "Wait a
0: minute, why won't they lose?" And I'm, I'm not, I'm not attributing it to Big Ben. I'm not giving it to Juju. You know, Claypool held it down, but the defense did an unbelievable job, and Mike Tomlin just making sure everyone else was focused.
1: Bad teams that they
0: played. Bad teams that helped. they played. They still had a run game early on. Yep. So that was when I started to realize, like, oh, this is about to spiral down quickly for Juju and them, mm-hmm. and Big Ben. His shoulder was hurting him, and, oh, now my ankle's bothering me, and, oh, I'm going to sit out a game. Big Ben's starting to, you know, trend down. So that was when I knew. And that was when Juju's dancing and on the logos and stuff was starting to, you know, get to its peak. Yeah. So
1: I was like, oh, this is. I'm still trying to learn the Corvette. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not good TikTok. at it. I don't TikTok. Yeah, no, I I don't either, but I'm like, yeah. I need to bust this out one time at a party. Yeah, no, maybe. <laughs> but, yeah. um. Okay, so we've talked we talk about your current players. You said in the previous podcast, like, Jerry Rice, you already mentioned GOAT. So is that who you're going with that's greatest of all time? Um, I got a
0: tie. It's a 1A, 1B situation, kind of okay. like Michael Jordan and LeBron for me. Um, okay. But I got a tie for the GOAT of football. Hold on,
1: timeout. Receivers. Sorry. You said a 1A, 1B. Like Here Michael Jordan and LeBron. Yeah, correct. No one can see this right now. I can and our producer. But you're wearing a Kobe Bryant jersey. Lauren Marion High School. Oh. Kobe Bryant. I am. Um, so really 1A, 1B should be Michael Jordan Kobe Bryant. LeBron is very good. I don't okay. take anything away, but.
0: I, d- I didn't take that in consideration. It was a
1: little disrespectful. And yeah. And rest in peace to Kobe. Um. That's when 2020 turned downhill. Yeah, that did. That did kind of
0: i spiral downhill. A lot of bad said. things
1: happened last year, but Kobe died at the beginning of the year to kick it off.
0: Yeah, I was in Italy when that happened
1: too. I bet they went nuts over that because he was popular yep. over there. Yeah, he was popular all over. He's because... from there. He lived there. Yeah, I mean,
0: so yeah, it was.
1: Sorry, that was a we, little disrespectful on we, my end. We You're can great. we can go back to your one A one B for wide receivers, but I just wanted to. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just wanted that's to...
0: that's something to point out to the audience. Um. I would say 1A and 1B is a tie between Jerry Rice and
1: Randy Moss. Okay. I'm happy about that. Okay. My wife's going to be happy to hear that. Okay. Very big Randy Moss fan. Awesome. She loves him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think just because probably we watched Ran U, 30 for 30, mm-hmm. she was like, that's kind of funny. Respect. She liked the, I'm going to lose all this because of a joint. <laughs> and she thought that was hilarious. And I think that's what made her fall in love with him. I don't know, but she's a very big Randy Moss fan.
0: Yeah. No, I, I love showing film of him, and sometimes I'll show it to the kids, and they're like, I can't even coach off of it because it's like he's faster than you yeah. and stronger and taller and has better hands, and, you know? Yeah. And even some of the, the top national receivers that we have come in, I'm like, you guys can't do what Randy does, but I can coach you,
1: you know, how he's,
0: how he's working that release or how he's getting open. So
1: I got to see if I can find it because it's just, it's one of those stats that you're just like, that's never going to happen again. Uh, Thanksgiving day, Randy Moss. Let's see. uh, What was it? Was it a three catch game? Yeah. He had three catches, 163 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah. That's really good. It's okay. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's okay. Okay, I can agree with that. One A, one B. Jerry Rice and they kind of had a little bit of a a, feud. a little bit. Was that and a couple of weeks ago? A couple weeks ago, you know, yeah. Moss sat there and was like, "You know, I'm the goat." Yeah, talk your talk. It's fine. And,
0: and Jerry was just like being the old head, like, like, "Oh, I got six. I got,
1: I got rings yeah. and stats, yeah. and who, who got Moss or you right. got Moss?" And it's a good play on Jerry. I like it, mm-hmm. but. I mean, kids aren't out here saying, oh, you got Rice. <laughs> right. Like, you got Moss. It's, Rice it's will novice. give you like
0: 13 catches for 170 yards and right. touchdowns. And Randy's like, I'll give you
1: three catches. Yeah. yeah. I can do that yeah. in my sleep. Um, Let's talk about Devontae Smith. Okay. Heisman Trophy winner. Yes. Best college football wide receiver. Electric. Absolutely. I'm, my biasness is going to come in. People seem to forget about Peter Warwick. Like mm-hmm. he was good. The reason I wore number nine in high school. Number okay. Mm-hmm. LeBron also said he played high school football. He wore nine because of Peter Warwick. Oh, wow. I mean, I don't know that. I might have made that up. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it might be. It sounded good. Like I, I might have ex- made that up. I don't know. There's a tweet out there. I think. Yeah. I'm going to I'm positive that he said it and I'm going to go with it. I'm going to stand by okay. my statement that LeBron wore number nine in high school because of Peter Work. We're from Bradenton. Mm-hmm. Pete went to Southeast here. Yep. So obviously, and then he went to Florida State. So of course, we're going to be biased. But Devontae Smith, obviously an electric player, won the Heisman first time since 91 as a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. What do you think of him in the NFL? Do you think he translates? Well, to the NFL, because as he said in his speech, doesn't matter how small or not strong, you can still do it if you put your mind to it. Yeah, is I mean, that gonna work?
0: I really hope so. You know, and there's there's success stories of people that are his size, obviously, throughout the history of the NFL, um, past and present. You know, and there's some guys that have health concerns because when you're that small, you're more susceptible to get injured. Um, but I think. Guys with that body type that are still electric as far as their playmaking ability and their speed, because speed's the biggest differentiating factor in football, in my opinion, their speed can take them to that next level. Now, there are guys that have more quickness than speed, like Tavon Austin, which, respect to him, he's one of the greatest college football players I've ever seen. I saw him on God knows what team in the playoffs or something, Christmas Day or Thanksgiving Day. I was like, is that Tavon Austin? He's still in the league. Good for him. Because, you know, I thought he was lost in the system. Yeah. Never made it. Couldn't help on special teams, anything. I think he was in Dallas for a while. So, I think Devontae Smith is just electric enough, and he runs great routes. He's got great mobility and flexibility. He's got great top-end speed. He's got great hands. So, I think he's got the ability to
1: be a playmaker you know, for whoever takes him in the draft. I wish nothing but the best for him. Yeah. He's electric. He was fun to watch. You know, I think he's – I looked back at that. Um, they put out a stat on Twitter the other day of, like, that signing class, mm-hmm. and it's just, like, ridiculous to see, like, how Alabama does it. Unbelievable. They're You know, it's just – they're probably going to have six first-round draft picks mm-hmm. go in this round, and then last year had, you know oh. – Three or four, yeah. it's man, and and they keep reloading every single yeah. year.
0: Jakory Brooks, shout out Jacory, C Seven from IMG Academy. It's gonna be a freshman problem. year. Let's we'll see what happens. You know, he he might come in and compete. They they load talent every single year, and the, that class was unbelievable.
1: What do you think of the people that say Alabama's bad for college football?
0: I don't talk to those people. Right? <laughs> that's,
1: that's that's dumb. Like yeah. you.
0: That's the same people saying that IMG is bad for or for high school football.
1: And they make everyone better. Mm-hmm. Strive to be better at least, you know. Yeah. If if anyone should be upset, it should be maybe like the Clemsons and the Ohio States. Yeah. Those should be the teams that's like, damn it, yeah. you know. Clemsons had their luck with Alabama here mm-hmm. a couple times, but that's the team that is in their way. Yeah. Usually, when it comes down to winning a national championship, you know LSU had their shine last year. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't. I agree. I don't want to talk to those people either. That think it's yes, bad for like, college football. Compete, you know exactly. And sucks just sucks to suck. Yeah, Do,
0: you know, try to win your league first, or try to win maybe your side of the
1: conference, conference, and then you know, And build from there. Yeah, compete. You should should you should strive to be the Alabama, right? You know that's. Yeah, it's ignorant when people sit there and say that. Um, so it is championship weekend. Mm-hmm. Let's jump into it. Let's talk about the games tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We'll start with the Battle of the Bay, mm. Tampa Bay, Green Bay. Give us your thoughts, players to watch out for, what like what you think keys to the game would be, and then a prediction. Um,
0: I want Tom Brady to win. I do too. I'm on board. I'll start by now. saying that. I want Tom Brady to have a, a really successful story, you know, in this championship game. Do I think it's gonna happen? A little bit. But I'm not confident enough to say that they're gonna win. Okay. So I think the Packers are gonna win, but for my hopeful outcome, I would like the Bucs to win 27
1: 23. Okay. I like that. 27-23. Yeah.
0: Now, here's what needs to happen. The Green Bay Packers, they have a what, number one red zone um, offense. Right. They're going to be putting points on the board. Tampa Bay's defense playing really well right now, stopping the run. They're doing well, Play picking up on play action. But as far as stopping the pass and stopping that man, Devontae Adams, with what, Antoine Winfield's good, rookie.
1: Carlton you know, um, Davis. I think he held him to, I think he held him to three catches last time they played okay. this season.
0: So now he's on a mission. You okay. saw what he just did to Jalen Ramsey, right?
1: Yeah, that hurt. All right, that hurt. So like, that's what I'm I saying. Like that Jaylen. man's
0: gonna be a monster, and it's at home. And you can't forget about the man, Aaron Jones. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's fine. I'm and there. and you saw at the end of last game. Just when you start to take those other guys away, Lazard, Tanyan, Val like these randoms come out of nowhere and have an 83-yard touchdown which I attribute to Aaron Rodgers but right I mean it's like we have to find a way we I'm saying because I want Tom Brady to win so I'll speak on behalf of the Bucks fans for you I I bring you in and you're a part of our pirate ship right thank you so I, I want the I want the Bucks to win 27-23 but I believe the Packers are also number 1 in time of possession
1: yeah you got to definitely at home gotta, in bad weather. You got to take the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands. The less he has the ton- that ball, the less damage he's going to do. Right. Um, obviously, we just found out this week AB ruled out. Yes. Might be a little bit of an issue, but the last time the Bucs Green Bay played, they didn't have AB. Tom did just fine. Yeah. Used the tight ends a lot. Playoff Lenny mm-hmm. is now starting to show out. Ronald Jones hopefully back. Bucks get Vita ba- Vea back mm-hmm. on the D line. So, no-
0: animal by the way, one of the best college football interior D linemen in the last decade.
1: I will, I will go on record and say I was upset about that pick when it first happened. Okay, biasness again, gonna sneak in. Florida State fan. We traded back. Derwin was still on the board. Mm-hmm. I was like, here we go. We're gonna get Derwin James. I'm stoked. They got Vita. I was like, got Maui mm. I like it now. I'm very happy with it.
0: I've had drinks with Vita Vale. He wouldn't know me if you right. asked him. <laughs> uh, we've had drinks together in Tampa. That's cool <laughs> because that's just how like
1: my relationship is with Jim Harbaugh. like right. he doesn't know me, but we took a picture together, and right. Right. yeah, okay, so that's cool yeah he he bought a lot of drinks. He looks like he probably could party yeah.
0: shout out um. The Rogers twins, too, from uh, Oregon State. Okay. See, I'm a Northwest guy. I mean, Oregon State, University of Washington, Washington State,
1: Oregon. Can't really like
0: all four. Oregon no. Really two,
1: but. Yeah, no, that's. Yeah, they wouldn't let that. Yeah. Okay, so you're hopeful. Bucks win. Mm-hmm. You're going to go. 27-23
0: Bucks. Bucks yeah. But if the Packers win, it's also going to be 27-23.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's fair enough. I like that. Um, nightcap, Bills, Chiefs, AFC championship game. First time, or yeah, first time that the Bills are in the AFC championship game since '93. They played Kansas City Mm. in Buffalo. Nice. Joe Montana versus Joe Kelly, Jim Kelly. Mm -hmm. What are we going to get here? Josh Allen's going to.
0: Um,. Bills by a million. Bills by a zillion. <laughs> Bills that's by a zillion. zillion. I like I it. I was trying to yes. figure out where the question was. Yeah. Bills nah.
1: by a billion. Exactly. A trillion. No <laughs> one circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills. Oh, uh, yeah. I like it. And Bills Mafia is going to like that now. Yeah, absolutely.
0: That's perfect. I mean, that's what Josh does. And people, I'm so sick of people. I just want to give a shout out to the haters, of which there are many. So sick of people talking about the fumbles and the big playoff games and the decision making. But look at the numbers. Sometimes the numbers don't lie. Okay. Winning. He's got the numbers and he's winning. He's a winner. I got Bills by a quadrillion zillion.
1: There we go. I like that. Who are they playing again? Kansas City. Some guy named Patrick uh, Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. That's Arrowhead. No. No, Pat Patrick
0: no, Josh Patrick Allen, the real Patty. Whoa. Yeah. That's who's gonna Bills by a zillion.
1: That's yes. my take. Yes. <laughs> oh, That's so so then that so then you're basically setting it up for a Bucks Bills <clears throat> Super Bowl. That's correct. And an absolute party in Tampa, right here, home turf. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Pirate ship, wagons. Two goats, head to head. I like it. Circle that's, them up. I'm ready for it. I'm there if you're there. Yeah. Okay. Now I mean,
0: here's I'm, here's what I think could very well happen. I'll be blunt with you. It could very well be um,
1: Packers versus Chiefs. Oh yeah, we can totally fuck it, this up. Yeah, it's, yeah, this could be a yeah, catastrophe. One hundred percent. But we'll look back on this and just be like, look at like, these, wow, look at these guys, <laughs> <laughs> thinking that what they a great know. pod. <laughs> yeah. Losers, <laughs> great prediction. <laughs> yeah.
0: But that's, I mean. Bills by a Kattrillion, and I want to see Tom Brady you know, going against the baby goat.
1: Yeah, the passing of the torch. How fitting would it be, though, if the Bucks and the Bills play in the Super Bowl and Bills fans this whole season have been like, hell yeah, we got Brady out of the division. Mm-hmm. We've won it now. <laughs> and and up, next yeah. thing you know, <laughs> who's waiting for them in the Super Bowl? Oh, shit, it's Tom Brady again. And you he know. just drops his nuts all over them again, like in pass. I mean, maybe hey, times are it's possible, though. Yeah. What do you think, just to go back to the NFC Championship game real quick, what do you think it's going to be like for Brady to go, he's only a year removed from that climate. Mm-hmm. He's played in cold weather before. Right. It's not been a problem. But he's been a, down here a it. year. Thrives in it. I mean, this is playoff time, Brady also. Yeah. Like He knows what time it is. It's go time. Is that going to have any effect on him, you think?
0: Absolutely not. He's the GOAT.
1: Absolutely. Put that on record, not, too. But yeah. Well, i mean,
0: Joe Montana's right there, too. But put that on record. Yeah. Tom Brady is the GOAT. Peyton Manning might be the best regular season quarterback of all time. I don't yeah. know if Peyton's my top four.
1: Okay. Rivers retired this week. What do you think of that? The Hall of Fame? Who cares? Okay, yeah. I mean, whatever. I'm happy
0: for him. He's going to go take care of his 36 kids and have a good life. I and... did
1: hear he's coming after uh, Cromartie's record. He's trying to match him oh. for kid, kid for kid? got 11? Carmarty, I think, has 14. What? I want to say 14. That also could be wrong. I could be wrong about a lot of things that I've just said today. Okay. But okay. when I say it confidently, it sounds good. That's another Florida State product. Yep. So that's awesome. Unbelievable. Um, real quick, last thing. So okay, Bucks, Bills, Super Bowl. That's what we're run running with. Uh, last thing I want to ask you. August third, two thousand sixteen. August third, two thousand sixteen. Don't know if it rings a bell to you. If it anything, August third, two thousand sixteen. I
0: probably sent some wild DMs that day. What happened that
1: day? I mean, I. <laughs> I don't know about a August DM. 3rd, I got a tweet that says the most important thing is keeping oh. the most important thing, the most important thing. Mm-hmm. JP, what's the most important thing? Whatever the most important thing is to you at that time in life, it could be anything.
0: It's <laughs> all your perspective. <laughs> I thought you were about to hit me with something crazy, like a, hey, yeah. So <laughs> like I was so actually seeing a girl <laughs> back
1: in 2016, no. and uh, no. So the most important thing, and was that a? a quote from you or is that a Do you quote? have the time stamp
0: on that like because i don't i don't know if that's like a coming home from the um a downtown oh. kind of thing and i was in my feelings maybe listening to too much weekend drake drake
1: that sounds like a drake Tory thing.
0: lane something like that yeah or if that was like in the middle of the day at noon and i was just like really passionate about my schoolwork that day and i was like heck
1: yeah man yes I,
0: um most important thing is staying focused in life let's see like a nerd
1: yeah, twelve twenty seven a.m. So it was. Yeah, that's slide a, on the late night. Yeah, yeah, yeah a couple <laughs> drinks, couple, little couple whizzy, hundred, yeah. couple hundred. No doubt. Well, JP, I appreciate you coming on. Um, appreciate you having me debut podcast. So you are the first guest, and you know what they say about your first. Know. You never forget your first. Never. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> so now you're more than welcome to come back on anytime. If you want to just shoot the shit, or right. if you got some hot takes that you want to spill, appreciate it. disrespect Kobe some more, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so, well, but no, Kobe definitely appreciate you coming on, and thank you to everyone listening, and we'll catch you next time.